0: hey everybody it's ken pooch van jordan and my colleague chris raybold how are you chris good buddy how are you i'm doing very well um super super so, we're hoping that you guys are really digging the headphone giveaway. Um, you know, uh, Roxanne from Audio Technica approached us and said, Hey, you know, w- would it help you if I gave you guys some headphones to give away? And we said, Hell yeah, we'll give away some headphones. Sure, um, so, that was really cool of her to do that. And uh, maybe in the future, we'll have some other manufacturers get involved with us. And um, so, stay tuned and tell all your friends to subscribe. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to give as many opportunities as we can for you guys to win some free gear um speaking of free gear or not free but speaking of gear um i thought that this uh little episode here might be about gear and um shit we could talk about this for hours what um let's just let's just start it off what what are the five pieces of gear chris uh that you um couldn't live without
1: today 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 Uh, it's funny when we and we full disclosure (laughs) we mention this all the time pooch and i don't talk about what we're going to do before we speak however we do have a master list of topics and when i when we put this one down the other day i started to say but give me a day's heads up (laughs) this one's going to be tough so now i'm on the spot um i would say right now so my five tools that i would prefer to not live without today mind you that's different from all time but today would be way to dance around it keep going yeah you like that like that (laughs) these are the ones that i would prefer to have right i'll say this okay we're gonna start out with playback okay so this is sort of an open-ended answer. Name your DAW. I will tell you, I like to use Pro Tools. Um, and there's a number of reasons I like Pro Tools, mainly because it's the one that I know the best. And what I mean by that, too, is if I have to edit within Pro Tools, I can get by. Like, I'm pretty, I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, not as swift as some of my, the Studio Cats that I know or some of the programmers, playback guys that I know. But because I only hang out with those type of people, I kind of have... I've got a section in my phone, in my notes section, of all the reminders for all the editing shit, you know? Yeah. So, that... play, So, playback for me, which is Pro Tools. Wait, but wait. um,
0: Let's go down this rabbit hole just for a minute because I think people would be interested about this rabbit hole. um, Okay. Only because I think it was another topic that we had, but hey, we got time. Let's talk about it. it. So, I don't use Pro Tools because... I feel like all of the connections that are necessary to make Pro Tools work are kind exactly. of are kind of a pain in the ass. Um, totally. And then my experience in the past. There's nothing against Pro Tools because uh, let me just preface all of this by saying. Anytime time that I have to do any editing or mixing, I take WAV files and put them into Pro Tools. And so I am just like you in the sense of um, I I'm quick, you know, editor and fast mixer on Pro Tools. And it is ultimately my DAW that I use after the the live sound collection of data, <laughs> if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Um, so for yep. my for my world, uh, you know, I have had some pretty horrible experiences with previous versions of pro tools like not hanging in there for an entire show or dying or whatever um so i'm interested to know now because i haven't been using pro tools probably for about five years i'd say to capture audio um Mm -hmm. uh, i'm interested to know so keep this in your brain once i'm done is is that still true is it still difficult um but uh just real quick my daw of choice for collecting stuff is reaper actually and the reason Mm -hmm. is um that i discovered with reaper like i could be i could have 120 tracks of audio recording at 96k and still be surfing on the web browser <laughs> and that thing won't crash. I mean, no matter, you have to work really, really hard to get Reaper to crash. Um, and so um, that's kind of been my thing. And it makes WAV files. Now, as far as editing and all that other crap, it's horrible. Like, I hate right. it. Um, and if I were working for an artist that I needed to edit things quickly, like I couldn't just drag over files, which is what I currently do, um, then I would probably be in the same boat you are using Pro Tools. So, just can you address
1: just a couple of those before you move forward? Love. Yeah. Would love to. It is absolutely <clears throat> a pain in the ass. It's not necessary. It's, you know, there are so many ways to capture audio now. All it's not as bad as it used to be with but with the extra pieces in line. In other words, for me, so I go off of both the SSO and the Digico. Let's see, what do I do? I come Maddie out, then I'll go to uh, let's just assume it's BNC out, then it's gotta go to the Maddie avid matty hd right it's got to convert to fucking uh hd uh pop out of there hdx rather pop out of there go into the cards you know and then there's there's no one that preps my rig that's like oh cool he wants pro tools everybody <laughs> wants an mgb <laughs> yes and it's this big yeah. boom, go or yeah. they have an, an avid desk that connects seamlessly via ether you know there's there are a million different ways to do it and i just am to the point where like i know all that um, it's just <laughs> what I'm going to use. You know what I mean? Cool. So, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. But, and you're right. And so, and the thing is, and when do I need to edit? How often is that? You know what? It's not... It's not that often, but when it comes, you better believe I like having that ability to be like, you need what now? Sure. You know, and then you'll get an MD that's just like, you can do that. And and I'm like, yeah, even though I'm sitting there hunting and pecking through my phone sometimes if it's really advanced as to what it is. I also like the fact that um, if I have, and I found myself in this situation several times over the past few years where... Because more and more artists have their guy. Like, oh, that's their recording guy. That's their studio guy. All this cat does is just, they usually don't mix their records, but they'll track them constantly. And the modern version of tracking is kind of mixing along the way anyway with the way sessions are built. Um, If that person comes in with me, it's nice to be able, we're on, they're probably using Pro Tools as well so we can have a conversation you know there's all these pluses and minus when the artist comes in if you have an artist who doesn't know audio but they are used to staring at that pro tool screen they can look at a waveform so those are the things um is it a pain in the ass though yes for sure it's uh so it, it just is uh, i know I mean, it is there another, was there is. another question in there uh, was that it i think that's it i think you addressed all that yeah
0: um you know what's interesting is I actually um, the way that I get around what you're talking about is I do I am running Pro Tools too. I didn't say that. Ah, but what's happening? There you go. But what's happening in Pro Tools is a <laughs> the left
1: old dummy rig, huh? <laughs> is
0: no, I'm not. I'm not multi-tracking really. Um, I am taking okay. uh, the record bus mm. and audience mics. And if Mm -hmm. somebody asked me for a super quick edit, I could give them a left and right edit super fast. And so I'm kind of doing what you're doing. Um, I mean, I've gotten quick on Reaper, like I could do it in Reaper, but it's just been something that I've been doing for a while. So I'm running uh, Pro Tools natively with Waves, um, sound grid being the interface really so I'm already in an MGB right and it's in so it's in the waves network I'm able to pull off that left and the right into Pro Tools um, you know because you can have up to 32 paths in Pro Tools from an MGB setup mm-hmm. um, and, and so I can do exactly what you're talking about, only with the left and right though. Like if somebody asks you for an individual thing, which has happened to me before, a playback guy say, "Hey, can you just grab me the third background vocalist's thing in right. that one right. song?" That was a pain in the ass. I had to move those WAV files into my laptop on the Pro Tools, then edit that piece out, then give it to the guy. And and whereas right. you could do it in a second and ship it off,
1: um, right? Then so. There.
0: So there's there's there is some positives to what you're doing for sure.
1: And between Pro Tools and Tracks Live or Reaper or something, there you know there's plenty of others. You know, there's a good argument to say, well, just learn Logic or learn. Right whatever's out now or learned you know ableton or god there's a million now there's luna through you i mean there's a million different things like so waves how funny is it?
0: waves just gave up on uh tracks live and adopted reaper as their main
1: oh thing. wow i didn't yeah. know that
0: yeah. yeah so there's there's no I, more. i've
1: got reaper too yeah i'll use it for playback uh, like literal like tuning sometimes just out through a little interface if it's yep. a one-off yep so i like reaper yeah, that's cool. How funny is it, though, that we're talking about, you asked me, here's this live, these two live sound guys. And the first thing I mentioned is <laughs> the is first thing you need is a
0: DAW. And it, you yeah. know what? It's absolutely true. I wouldn't know how to work anymore without virtual
1: playback. Couldn't do it. No, no, I know. I, I was, I was tasked with it recently for like a little like private one-off thing. And there was something refreshing to being like, all right, we're done rehearsing. I'm walking away now. You know, but Interesting. as far as the things that are near and dear to my heart that I feel give me an advantage or allow me to do what I would do, I would say first would be a, a doll. Cool. Um, let's see. You got four more. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's cool. I, I mean, I can get them. Uh, uh, the so second good. one here's here's the funny one. Here, this is more like something that is available to us now that I love having access to, but there are times when I don't have a single instance of it engaged anywhere. But it would be some sort of dynamic EQ or multiband compressor, whether that be a C6, whether that be that uh, the Sony Oxford uh, dynamic EQ that I use in UA, whether it be uh, whatever, I mean, DSP, there are a million, all the onboard ones, that functionality, you know, and mainly as it applies to vocals. Um, but again, sometimes, if i don't need it i don't use it so i don't always use it but i can't imagine not having it in my toolkit you know so what I'm saying? it's
0: 100 uh, dude you know it's so funny i've had conversations with toby francis about this um and and we were both jokingly saying that to each other like i don't even remember how to mix without a dynamic eq like how how yeah. did what? What the fuck was I doing? You know, twenty years ago when there was, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. there there was like the that what's that BSS unit that's kind of a dynamic nine oh one, yeah, nine oh one. That was it. That was that was one. it. That was the and one.
1: XTA XTA made one in like the late nineties. The yeah. D two that kind of took favor, but but right. not really. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. But but what's so funny is even with that unit, it wasn't like oh, I have to have six of those. Now mm. it's like I mean for me it's the same way c6 is like my desert island plugin, like yep. literally and and actually it doesn't have to be c6 i think you're right any manufacturer's dynamic plugin, dude uh mcdsp makes a dynamic plugin, and i can't remember what its model number is but they,
1: um they've got the ml4000 that's in the multi-band yeah. yep Then they've got all, now they have their version of the Dynamic EQ, which is the AE series, and it's devastatingly good, too. It's amazing. Oh, you know what's badass, dude, is the
0: new um, uh, Spice Rack uh, Dynamic EQ that's in the
1: SD7 uh, package, the Quantum package. Fun Um, fact. Yep. Fun fact. Okay. I feel feel fairly confident, I have discussed this with you before, but years ago when Digico sort of stepped up and had suddenly there was dynamic eq on every channel and there was multiband functionality on every channel i had been using prior to that primarily c4 and i had gotten used to the sound of c4 so right. when digico came out with theirs i was all pumped and i got on it and i could use it but when I would solo a band, I would hear far past the crossover point. Yes. You know where I'm going with all that. I so, totally and the deal, so I finally emailed someone over there at Digico and I'm like, hey guys, you know, like, what's the deal here? Is it me or is this knee incredibly long coming out of the crossover point? Yep. And they said that essentially what happened, I don't think they have any problem with me saying this because it was the truth. That desk was so full featured, so highly packed full of shit that they had essentially run out of DSP. Wow. and Wow while the high pass the high pass filters if you notice are properly steep in what you'd expect those are actually two 12 db filters laid over one another to create a 24 db per octave slope with spice rack they now have from what i understand the way it was explained to me they have changed there's added dsp there's more horsepower available so now the slopes of those knees are steeper more what we're used to and these other things we're talking about which to me are going to make them infinitely more usable totally um, so I'm really excited about about using those I just I just haven't just haven't done it yet
0: yeah and that's the channel ones but I'm talking specifically there's a center it looks like a c6 basically and it's it's part of their uh-huh. mustard spice rack combination um, and it actually sounds really good it has a different tonality to it than and different way that it reacts uh than like a c6 does so um Mm -hmm. i actually was messing around with it um and i had it in the same um the same loop that a c6 already existed from and i was going a b from it and it was was different you know the way that it reacted um also uh digico guys um that thing that has only one preset by the way um that new dynamic eq um i looked at it and it is actually it's totally a rip off of my vocal preset from uh c6 yes <laughs> fuckers love it. i love it backhanded um, compliment i know it's it totally backhanded compliment i looked at the numbers and i was like I pulled it up for the first time and I looked at it. and I go, this looks just like my Pooch vocal preset in C6. I go, it looks just That's like so it. Funny. And, uh, That's so funny. And then I started looking at the numbers and they're like identical, you know, in gain and the thresholds and the, you know, all the stuff. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty rad. It was a really, funny. really great compliment, whoever designed that. That's great. Um, That's good. Anyway, yep. Number two, Dynamic
1: EQ. Totally agree with you. Right. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um, God, and you know, every day I'm like, oh, I miss analog desk. I miss analog desk. But guess what? I'm going to say number three: digital console. You know, I know. Um, I know. Now, I'm, I think now. I think four and five are going to be things I do to combat the fact that it's a digital yeah. console. Yes. So, but this is just though it would be a digital console only because of the types of acts that I work with. Now I have been asked on several occasions over the past, however many years to do acts. And it's these acts where, you know, it's usually like some cool indie rock or something. And they're like, it has to be an analog desk. Um, a couple of those have passed my way recently that I would love to have taken, but I was, I was booked. I couldn't do it. So, but with the people that I do, we just did one of these on, uh, snapshots and automation just because of that man i mean you're sitting there grinning because you know <laughs> it's just on a housekeeping level and just keeping my stuff straight you and with the number of variables and the, the number of things that come at us and the speed at which i can work on them when someone comes to you with something of dire need and it's immediate, and they're freaking out, and they're pretty sure you're going to freak out, and then you can calmly just pull it off like that's a feather in the cap right there. And digital death totally. allow that to me. So for me, number three would be, uh, and again for me, usually nowadays those are SD7s uh and the SSL. uh Again, there's a ton of good ones out there. My, my answer might change here. But that's kind of where I go. So, a, a digital desk. That's not specific, but a digital desk. A digital desk.
0: Well, I, you know, I've said this a bunch of times. The, um, you know, what's so fucked up about this is that I literally think that digital desk technology uh, in sound in re- in in respect to the sound of them has only become acceptable to me in the last five years. That's a really mm-hmm. fucked up thing to say. So like prior Believe to it. five years ago, I was working on digital desks but not happy with the result really. I mean, the, I still was getting a result that was good but I was like, you know, the the hoops that I had to jump through to get that result were huge. Um, and, and even then I knew inside that it was like fuck if I just had an XL4, you know I, know, I I know I can make this sound huge. And instead I'm fighting, you know. Um but now, I will say now, in the last five years, five years, three years, five years. Um, <laughs> um recently. Recently, um you know, with the, you know, like the mic pre's oversampling 192k and then downsampling to 96, I think all that matters. The, um you know, the, the mic pre's of some of the ones like the S6L and the SSL all have a an amazing sound to them. The Stadius blue 32-bit mic pre's have a sound to them. So I think we're in a place now where, you know, the reason that we use digital desks is the snapshot technology, right? The 300 parameter changes that can happen between um, songs um, is the whole reason. And it allows me to be way more creative. Think about, you know, if there's any band on this planet that screams analog desk, it's probably Iron Maiden. And the reason that I still mix them on a digital desk is the result that I can give them far Mm -hmm. outweighs the analog versus digital discussion um, right i can still give them an amazing sounding show and be able mm-hmm. to replicate their records like no other way on an analog desk there's no way that i could do you know go from one of their newer songs um <laughs> newer being in the last you know 20 years, uh, (laughs) as opposed to a song from 40 years ago that, um, you know, has a different tonality to it. There's a lot of parameter changes that have to happen in order for that to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, I absolutely agree with you. Digital desk is, is right there. Gotta have it. Right. Um, I don't think if you had asked me five years ago, the analog versus digital war, I would have said, well, you know, I mean, there's something to be said for some bands to have analog, but I don't feel like that's a thing anymore. I really don't. No.
1: And oftentimes when those mandates from those acts, <clears throat> God, I wish I could say them because it would really make so much more sense. <laughs> um, that it's sort of like there's part of me that hears that first. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then it's like, you hipster. <laughs> douche, you don't like, you don't you don't have to okay fine fine (laughs) you know and i'll i'll track two inch Uh, you know it's like i mean i would love to do all that stuff but sometimes it's more of a thing now that you can get there uh you can get there digital but you do it's kind of like what you just asked here's my feeling on it you were talking about with pro tools you know but there's all the extraneous steps with extra hardware this and that i'm like i know there is but i like where it gets me nowadays with digital desk we can get to these places of greatness but It takes a little bit of, and the reason that you and I feel good about it is because we've got all these tools, we've got all these levels of mixing through shit, through things, whether that be plug-in or outboard or just technique or some sort of onboard distortion, you know, we do things to mimic the analog sound, yet we now have all these extra bells and whistles digital well because
0: the level of creativity is so much more like i can be so more creative with snapshot technology than i can be with an analog you know
1: yeah yeah and especially like when it comes to plugins and stuff where it's just so much easier with plugins to again not advocating the overuse of but man if you want to get creative and try it's so easy to just load something mess with it boom done work fine try another one as opposed to that's my rack and uh, I could call the shop and get something else or, you know, it's like uh, (laughs) But when we, when we, I know we got to move on to to the other ones, but the other day we were talking, okay. The other day we were talking about hearing a lot of mixes that are kind of just flat lifeless and just flat out, not good. Yeah. So here's another funny one. I'm on the, the third thing that came to mind was a digital console. Yet if you ask me why I think our industry in some ways has suffered sonically, it's because of digital console.. Sure. So just, just you know, you pick your poison and know your poison, know what's yeah. poison about it, because uh, you know what I mean?
0: I so, think you know I mean, uh, this is a, a, an example of human nature, OK? So I've always said that most people, if you give them an A and a B listening thing, they will almost always pick the right one. Like if you gave someone an analog, just anybody, anybody, not even a musician, you know, if you gave them an A and a B, they almost will always say, oh, yeah, that analog thing sounds way better. But if you take the A away and give you one thing, most people, as long as you're not hurting them, will be will accept whatever it is. Okay, and that Mm -hmm. is an interesting psychology, human nature kind of a thing. So because of that, consumer audio has drastically fucking deteriorated because of convenience, right? You know, the iPod was this big thing where they're like, okay, here's uh now you can have 32,000 songs on this little fucking thing. But by the way, they sound like fucking dog shit. But mm-hmm. you know, here you go. You can have thirty two thousand songs. And what do you think? Human nature part of that was like, oh, I can have thirty two thousand songs. I don't give a shit that of it sounds. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's how um, you know we get away with uh, like the uh, the X thirty two or M thirty two or whatever that Behringer thing is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which is not you know, sorry Behringer, but it's not a great sounding desk. You know, for the price point. Right. Maybe it's a pretty amazing, you know, for what it does. Right. Um, right. But but I think that people make concessions for sound quality, um, uh, you know, in regards to price. And unfortunately, it's the sound quality that loses in that. And so we have this vast, wide-ranging thing between an, an M32 and a SD7 Quantum. The sound quality just putting an input through it, not putting any EQ or anything through it, just the converters and the the output converters and like all that stuff, there's a vast difference there. And so Mm -hmm. um, I I think that, um, unfortunately, uh, that's the problem with digital in general, when you're talking about digital, is there is this vast difference between sound
1: quality. Does that make any sense? I don't know. I'm just. It totally does. Yeah. Oh, dude. No, a bazillion percent. In fact, I'm sitting here thinking. So there was a desk that was out that you and I both used, and I to date think I've had some of my best mixes ever on it. But you had to do a lot of work with it to get it right, and it was probably the D desk of let's say 2005 to 15 or somewhere in there. So there's still a bazillion of them out. But when I listen to it on its own, it's very 2D. It's very smushed there's no depth we were talking about depth with guitars so there's zero depth in it just on its own it's very much here and but and i thought a lot at the time when i was using it i'm like you know what that might kind of be to its advantage because it we're now in the you know in the compressed audio meaning like mp3 that's where we are i had a friend of mine last night studio cat here in athens uh emailed texted me a mix and I put on perfect timing, my ATAs and 50s. <laughs> I love it. sat sat down and listened to an M four A. You know, I miss. I listened yep. to, and he's asking me to critique. This is another engineer, so like we do it too. So, uh, uh, but 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 in saying that, well, you know, don't get me wrong. Superior audio still sounds like superior audio. It does. And, and I'm always. I know, but going we choose superior I know. audio. I know. You know. So does that make sense though? I was talking about the two D, the kind of lack Absolutely. of depth in the desk. I'm like, well, that's what music sounds like now. So maybe that's <laughs> in its favor, you know?
0: So uh, that's so anyway. funny. You're reminding me. I had a I I actually um, had the opportunity to sit down and have lunch with Jack Joseph Puig because he and I were doing a bunch of waves events together. He would be the, like the record guy, and I'd be the live guy. And it was so here I was hanging out with like one of the best fucking engineers in the world you know and hey i'm gonna go to lunch with one of the best engineers in the world like what the fuck who gets to do that right (laughs) so anyway i went to have lunch with him and one of the questions i asked him was like doesn't it bug you the the sound of like records today that have no dynamics and they're just squashed to the bejesus and the l1 is fucking just taking off all of you know um all that kind of things Mm -hmm. and he said said yeah from a a personal level of wanting to have good audio, absolutely, it's offensive. But for the sound of today, that is what yes. the sound of today is. And therefore, absolutely. I have to make my records be the sound of today. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting mm-hmm. answer, you know, to I think that us as audio professionals try our hardest to make things sound the best, but we also have to take into consideration, like, I don't know about you, but I've, like, listened to some of these artists I've worked for recently, pop artists in particular. I listen to um, their record and just go, holy crap, that vocal is so squashed. It is, like, Mm. this big. Um, Yeah. I'm going to have to replicate that. You know, because that's what everyone is expecting it to be totally. li- live. Um, do I want to make their vocal be, you know, way, have way more dynamics? Yes. Uh, but I'm not, my hands are tied because that's what everyone hears that vocal as. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So anyway, sorry, oh, to go, totally. sorry to go down that
1: rabbit hole, but that's, you know, I mean, it's an interesting discussion, right? You know? You no, know, it makes sense. And, and I think both of you guys, your answers are... I, I think that's like the righteous answer. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is personally, what do I think? Well, I think A, B, and C. Professionally, right now, what is being asked of me? Yes. That, you yes. know? So I kind of, I don't know. I feel like that's sort of the right way to, to look at it. Um. But, uh, okay. So I will, we'll move on down the list. Now, here are the ways that <laughs> I combat some of what I don't like about uh, digital content. Yeah, let's hear it. One of the first One of the first things, okay. So, one of the first things I noticed when I started mixing digitally, and I've been quoted as saying this before, but was how suddenly ungodly dynamic everything seemed to be. And it was just, and I've mentioned before, I remember early on saying I felt like I was playing whack-a-mole with every input it's just like suddenly these things that weren't didn't seem so dynamic before now suddenly were so what's happening is you know in the analog realm there's so much copper there's so much wire there's so many more stages uh, of amplification there's just a lot more infinitely more circuitry things had to pass through going through than what they do now on the front end of a digital system because essentially all that we're having now is it goes into a stage box and honestly on some digital rigs that might be it it might even it might have 10 feet of copper and that's it the rest is ones and zeros it'll hit that head amp which will have to do some conversion but uh and then after that it's just ones and zeros it is a straight shot to you so the sound is not being rounded off stage by stage by stage like it used to be yep so we've kind of harped on guys not using a plugin on every channel not having to use a compressor on every channel but i will say when i made it to digital desk suddenly i felt like i needed more compression and you'll hear other people say this and i think that's why the rise in popularity aside for tonal reasons but of saturation devices is so it's so prevalent and it's yes. so valued now so all that being said uh I would say some sort of saturation device, whether it's a plug-in or a hardware piece of gear. I can tell you that uh, we've talked about, did we talk about Phoenix on here? I think we, it came up. I think we mentioned probably. it, yeah, a while ago. So some something like a plug-in like Phoenix, or there are a million different... Unfortunately, there's a lot of good native ones that aren't available to us, although that's, those True. are becoming available. There's native servers now that are making the live sound. I'd really like for us to talk about that one of these days. I'm excited about it. But Let's talk about that. Accurate. I want to talk about that right now because I don't you know to, anything right about now,
0: it. Yeah, let's talk about it.
1: It is the A number one thing I am most excited about right now in live audio. Okay. It's also... Something I'm la- I'm like, ah, now i got to learn something else. Like I'm kind of <laughs> dragging my feet on it, you know? I'm lazy. Essentially what it is, guys have been doing it for a while where it, 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 you would run out to, let's say, a DAW. Yep. Where you would literally have some DAW open yep. and you could load native plugins on there. Um, the drag, you essentially just leave it in input mode. You don't have it write anything. You just you run it through there. And that way you can use those... Those natively processed plugins, live. that don't work on Waze. They don't work on UA. They don't yep. work on the. Fu- anyway, so just explaining it to the people listening. Uh, then now MainStage, which you very well have had a lot of uh, musicians use, um, which is an Apple thing. Why some guys now in front of house are running plugins through MainStage. Some people run them through Ableton. There's this thing called Live Professor. I'm hip, to, which I never knew until I made some Facebook thread a few weeks ago. Remember that one that just wanted to get a bunch of people talking? And yep. it came up. Of course, the younger guys are talking about it. So the, the thing is, though, then we get into yet another area of latency. Yep. And that's the rub. And I don't want to do anything until... It's all been fully vetted. I want to know which interfaces are the fastest. I want to know which programs are the most stable. I want to know. There's all these things that I need to know before I incorporate it. Because, you know, now let's look at talk about someone like myself. I've got Universal Audio running Live Rack, I've got Waves running Super Rack. Now I'm going to have some other server, you know, and they've all got different time. Yeah. uh, they all have different bits of latency to set. So anyway, I am super excited because the plugins that I like the most on this planet, a lot of them are some of these kind of cool. There's stuff that's only available now totally. uh, via native processing. You know what I'm saying? So I I'll tell you what I think the, the move is. Currently, this is what I'm thinking. And to me, it all also comes down to points of failure. The more shit I have, the more points of failure I have. And that's a big one. You know, I have all these lofty goals, but then I'm like, ah, that's something else to go wrong. Um, you could, to keep things somewhat organized, run both your whether it be analog or extraneous plugin servers. Now, oh, and here's what's most exciting: Plugin Alliance just came out with one and they make the coolest stuff i mean the coolest you know god i love their stuff they just made one or maybe took ownership of something else i haven't really read up on it but um you could take all these others you could take ua you could even take your outboard you could take any of these other new things the native processing things i'm talking about and put them in SoundGrid. from what i understand and then you could have all of your inserts within that that would be the super g way to do it totally but it won't if you're relying on delay compensation within SoundGrid or within any of them It's only with respect to that server So yes. it's really going to take a lot of math to keep it all straight in your head as far as what's where Yep. Sorry, that was quite the answer. No, um, no, I mean
0: it's, it's a I'm, great answer.
1: I'm, I'm really stoked about this stuff though uh,
0: And you should be I mean, it's cool. I think the technology is finally coming to the point where uh it's people are coming up with solutions the problem is is the whole latency thing right so for example yeah. um a band i'm not going to tell you who it is but a band that i worked for for 13 years um uses autotune um mm-hmm. on their vocals um and at the time there was no real way to host autotune um you know there's the, waves tune didn't exist um and and so you, you know we were trying to come up with ways to do it and and anyway what I ended up doing was almost exactly what you were talking about it was a sonnet x server with an rme card in it an aes card in yep. it and going aes mm-hmm. out of it and aes back in um and using Mainstage as the host for auto tune um mm-hmm. but the round trip of that i forget what the number is but the round trip of it was really long like it was yeah. you know it wasn't just uh you know six milliseconds or something i mean it was like it was like you know it gets hefty hefty and Uh, and what uh, i ended up having to do was literally like delay everything else to that you know that round trip whatever that was but you know we measured it was smart said okay we're gonna take all the rest of my groups and make them be you know to 200 milliseconds or whatever the round trip. Is. I mean, dude, it was like long, and I can't remember what it was. It might have been even yeah. like a full second or something. I mean, it was long, um, for sure. But but for front of house, that's okay, right? Like we move around fucking speakers, you know, all the time by large amounts, so um, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, but what's awesome and and I am also excited is that that technology is much better now. Um, the, the tools that are, the interface are much faster. The, uh, the networking that's happening is much faster. Um, so we may actually get to a point where um, management of three separate things like what you discussed, you know, waves, uh, sound grid, the universal audio network, and now this other network um Mm -hmm. can all live in the same place and be happy with each other and not have different latency times um yeah so hopefully coming soon um yep but it it also requires um dueling manufacturers guys that are enemies of each other to kind of play well with each other too in order for that stuff it does
1: um yeah but they they do i I I mean you know yeah, they do. It's just, we're seeing it now. I, I'm so jealous of our studio counterparts who can drop any plug-in anywhere. Totally, in I know. God, and then it, and it all falls within the compensated, <clears throat> uh, you know, yep. the delay compensation. It's just such a, a bummer. You know, I have
0: um, I have lots of friends that are studio guys, as you do, and literally they call me up and they go, dude, do you know about this latest, you know, um, God, my, a buddy of mine called me yesterday. Um, his name's Ethan Mates. He's the... He was the uh, recording engineer for Linkin Park, and um, but he said that to me. I can't remember who it was, what the manufacturer was. I'm trying to look through my notes here. Um, anyway, he's like, you know, have you tried such and such? And I'm like, dude, I don't. You know, I mean, I do some stuff on my Pro Tools rig, but it's like most of what I work with is Universal Audio and Waves. You know, and I mean, those are like the two companies right. that that we work with in our in our thing so yeah it bums me out when when an engineer calls me and says hey dude check out this new company they're rad and i'm like well yeah Yeah. that's that's nice except i'm not gonna be
1: able to use them all right well we're getting there but it just it's it's just again another point of failure latency you know so (laughs) yes that's, that's that's it so that's it uh all right let's let's move on down the list so to combat uh, I guess I was already moving on down the list. What I was saying was how dynamic everything was, right? Yeah. So started using all these saturation plugins. There's a bazillion. There's also. You What's know, your a lot favorite of one right now? What's your favorite saturation plugin right now? all uh, well, unfortunately, it's native, so you can use that live. So I'm going to say it, but it is through Plugin Alliance. <laughs> and it's this thing called the black box okay um there's a i've used the hardware unit before and it's ridiculously good um if it's not that it would be decapitator there again sound toys native sound um, toys is awesome we, dude they're rad it's, it's it's so good and decapitator's been around now for a decade i mean that's not totally. new you know? know on the plug-in those are the first two that come to mind i still like Phoenix. Um, I then, I'll get kind of lost in both Waves and UA because a lot of their distortion is modeled. It, essentially, there is distortion because it's modeled. And I, and I know you and I have had this conversation, but a lot of the saturation, distortion, whatever, is modeled in the fact that they are modeling, or is made in the because they are modeling a unit from yesteryear. Yes. And it was just ripe with that stuff. You know, uh, They don't often have... I guess Waves has quite a few now, but there's a very few like turn knobs, saturate.
0: Soon, it, just recently, like this, I would say in the last two years, Waves has jumped on board as being the okay now we need to make saturation plugins you know and so uh, they make five or six of them now Um, Mm -hmm. Sephira is my favorite at the moment just because it's the most flexible Um, but they just released one or about to release one um, that has a bunch of more control of, um, of distortion and that kind of shit but I think that all plugin manufacturers including Universal Audio and Waves are seeing the benefit in in having that kind yeah. of shit, yeah, for sure.
1: I'm really excited. I have. I bought it just before I started rehearsing and right before the zombie apocalypse. But uh, just <laughs> at the Abbey the Abbey Road saturator. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited, That's so good. excited about that one. Yeah, it's good. So anyway, that um, and then I've got a uh, a couple hardware pieces I use. I've I mentioned it on here before. The Overstayer MAS, love yeah. it, worship it jeff terzo makes amazing stuff please look him up um that mas just gives it it's like you had put it through a series of analog processing just kind of shaves off the top you watch the rms come up um i use that on inputs some guys use it on their master bus i just use that on inputs uh and then Finally, for me, then I want to hear your stuff. I'm sure everybody else does too. I got to mention, even though I try to get away from it all the time, only because it has tubes in it. Years ago, I was just like, okay, I've, I want to move away from tubes. There's enough good emulation plugins that I shouldn't have to use them. But God, they're so good. Um, whether it's a CL1B or a very mu or something. But I use this thing, speaking of just tubes, for distortion, I use this thing called the Sonic Farm Cream Liner. Oh, wow. And... And it is just, what is this, a pair of EF86s. There's not a lot of control. You just I tell people all the time, you just drive your car into it, and if you hit it just right, it makes a beautiful mess. <laughs> and it's another one of those that just puts the clamps on everything. It is ultimately a limiter when you hit it hard enough, but it is the harmonics are not subtle if you hit it hard. I mean, your mix will explode in wonderful ways and then sometimes in ways where it can can color vocals, it can kind of add, it does so much wonderful things to the detail of the low mid that it can also cloud it up if you hit it too hard. So those are two things in the analog world. Um, I mentioned some, I'm sure I forgot a ton, but the whole point of this answer is, Anything that's yeah. going to give me some sort of sa- some sort of saturation. Yeah, cool. Um, oh, but before before I move away from plugins, let me say this: if you go to like a Shep seventy three, yep, or the or the UAD uh, ten seventy three, the one that's modeled with the preamp, it's not really just like the, sort of the line drive and the EQ. And if you crank those, there's some things you can do there that are really like that Shep seventy three doing that, or the same thing on the ten seventy three from U A. That's a favorite of mine if I don't have. Some of the other distortion plugins I like where I don't have any hardware at all, that's a way I'll kind of grit things out the
0: Shep's Uh, omni channel which is something that he's released since that 1073 um gives you way more control of the uh saturation part of it it's a whole there's a lot of stuff you can choose odd and even and how much and you know all kinds of control on the front part of that plugin that's like lately that's kind of been my go-to plugin like it is Mm -hmm. pretty badass um for inputs you know, um yeah, that Sheps thing is really great, but also the ten seventy
1: three model is is pretty badass too. Um what you got any other saturation faves from the waves into things? Oh uh you know, like I said,
0: Sephira, I think is is um I suck at that one. Really?
1: i i suck at it i know i watched your one of these videos you did the other day and you had it on there and it sounded great and i'm like man fuck you <laughs> like, i suck at it. I, don't know what it, I don't know i i do have a beef with it but uh it's just that was one of those i wanted to learn and love but i just never felt like i was doing it well
0: you um so, here's the anyway, th- here's own. here's the thing with it i think and it's just my opinion and whatever, but um, all of the presets and all of the way that that plug comes up as a zeroed plugin, um, they set everything to be super overemphasized distortion. So if mm-hmm. you chose any of those presets and or just brought it up and didn't really mess around with it, you would think, mm-hmm. oh, this is a distortion pedal. Um, mm-hmm. But... If you, I know what you're saying. If you get really subtle with it, if you turn all the knobs down and just I mean just tickle a little bit of the distortion in there, it it starts to act like the way that it's supposed to. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they overemphasize that on purpose so that you would hear it when you first brought it up and be like oh yeah that's definitely making distortion um right but i think if you mess around with
1: it um you'll you'll get some results that you like out of it um, and, and you know it's funny I, I i you used it on vocals and i'm assuming you've used they talking about the Sophia on other places too we just randomly pulled it up uh after i had been the artist kind of called me out about some keyboard stuff not being where he liked it and he was right we should do one of these on digital keyboards live. Oh. Those things. Oh my that's a whole. Uh, but anyway, so you, mean, you mean
0: you mean the uh, the
1: uh, eighty two inputs that the keyboard guy shows up with? Yeah, I that, do. Yeah. Of of Motif yeah. plus whatever else. Uh, so we we pulled Safira up there, and I got to be honest with you, I don't like. There was just I have these beefs about it, but we we did get good results out of it. So that would be an example of a piece of gear that I just didn't like using it, but it did bear results. Cool. You know. Yeah. So, um, um and
0: then the the other one for me in in Waves land is the Apod saturator. That thing's badass.
1: I'm stoked about that. I'll tell you one that I've been doing recently. So for years, Digico has had their little the tube emulation drive circuit, you know. Do you and, use uh, that? That's funny. Do you use that? <laughs> Here's the deal, man. No. And but really? I have re- I have recently. So when it first came out uh you know, I'm like, I'm turning it. And I'm like, what? Maybe it just made it rattier. I don't, what? And I, I'm like, I'm looking at, it, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm just, I'm just, it never really did anything for me. Then recent, and I would use it. Like I would tell people like, yeah, it's on a DI'd Whirly to grit it out. Like, I don't know if it was really doing anything. Uh, and then, but then recently I had a gig where I had nothing but the desk. It was just a SD whatever. Yep. And, man, I can't live without this stuff that we're talking about. I can't live without saturation and distortion. I can, but it's not going to make a mix I'm going to feel good about at all. That's true. So I'm like, all right, now's the time to really learn this thing. And I also think I have this in my notes section. I think it's if you leave it set to stop bias setting and you take it to, like, 15. Yeah. So I think it's, like, 15 and 3. Just try that. And it's a pretty cool sound, man. It's a pretty it cool sound. I was surprised to hear um, so, you say so that. Now initially. I'm more of a believer. Yeah, really. So yeah, because
0: I, I do use it. Um, I use it um, on inputs that are not already the sources of them don't already have some sort of saturation. So for instance, Got like it. guitars already have a bunch of saturation, you know, with Iron Maiden. Yeah. So I wouldn't use it in that. Um, and I don't really use it on vocals too much because
1: I'm getting my saturation usually from another tool. Um, and that's part of why I don't use it is I'm always busting. Things are always going to hit something later. Yes. You know,
0: but I do use it, um, and have used it a lot in, um, like playback situations like, um, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, it was on all the stems of playback in one form or another, saturated or yep. less saturated. I get it. Um, and it was on um, cleaner things like keyboards. Like definitely, I use it on keyboards. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it it if you mess around with it, I totally know what you're saying. It's the same kind of thing. You bring it up at first, you turn it on, you know, and then there's like a warm button and then a not, you know, um, right. Uh, I find I don't like the warm way where it turns into one knob. You know, I don't like I that don't sound. Either. I like the two adjusting the bias and uh, I'm sure someone that is way nerdy can tell us how that all works. I don't really give a shit. I just know that when uh, I, uh, when right. I, when I, when I fuck around with it, I could get it to sound good. That's all I give a fuck about. Yeah. You know I mean? It's nice yep. to know why yep. things do what they do, but sometimes it's like, I really don't care. So um right. if you if you know great keep it to yourself. <laughs> I'm just joking. Totally. I just you know I'm like yeah. whatever I mess around with it. But um uh so those kind of things if that makes sense um
1: but It totally um, does. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here I'm like you know what next time I get back out and write a new show maybe I'll incorporate it more. I've got all these weird little like we talk about our nuances and our rules and our this is and that's and for me I'm like I just when I think of the Digico I'm like I don't want its distortion. I want nothing but it's pass-through beautiful clarity and I want to muck it up in other places. It's
0: That's just, totally true. You know what? I say that just all my the time. Flow. I say that all the time and people ask me what is the number one reason that I use a Digico console and it is that it is so clean. It has no yeah. coloration. It lets me decide where I want coloration um, as mm-hmm. opposed to there are some other you know manufacturers out there that the the whole thing about them is that they have dirty mic like, and they have a tone to them, which is nice and that's cool. um, But the way that I've kind of worked over the years and the way that I've come up with the best solution of workflow is just like you. I want transparency and let me be the guy to decide
1: what I'm going to muddy up. Absolutely. And so then too, this is a good way to put a, a period on this one, what we're talking about. I will have i live i I have to have these things (laughs) obviously i don't have to but eh. and i've got them at every level from the input level to the bus level to the master bus level to the everything in between my mix is riddled with those things so so that would be four and then i'm gonna gonna get to number five here and this is is. of course now, now that we're sitting here i can think of a thousand things but um just because I feel like I should, because it's been my trusty sidekick for so long, or not for so long, but for, I don't know, I think 13 years now, 14 years, is the API 2500. Of course. And again, being true to myself, I tell you just like everything, I don't know what it is to me, I'm always thinking I should change or move away, then I come back. I, there are a lot of other PCA-based compressors, bus compressors that I like, a ton. There are a ton that I absolutely love. But I keep coming back to that thing. I could write a novel on it. I use the hardware one. I uh, own one. I might own two actually. But I also know the plug-in units well and what they do and don't do well, in my opinion from it. But that guy, man, just Damn that man. thing. I, 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 just it's so flexible. It can do the traditional VCA SSL type kind of grabby aggressive thing or it does this kind of beefier warmer thing if you keep it in feedback mode the old mode and then with the way you control the knee and the the, the variances and the thrust or and the, the thrust the thrust is really what i love yeah. Yeah. yeah i know and it's like i'll use it one or two ways, or i'll use it any number of ways i typically use it in old mode every now and again i will want it to be in new if i want that snappier grabbier thing but with that old thing i'll keep it in uh, excuse me thrust i'll keep it in medium by default to where it lets enough low in inter- you know what i'm saying yes it gives it that thing conversely I will then also, because I know my gear, if I've got an act where for whatever reason I can't keep the low end, it just moves too much. I've done multi-band compression. I've grouped things. I've just done all this, yet it's too... I like a really solid, no matter what genre, very well-defined. I don't like a lot of stuff jumping up and down. If I can't get it, I will then take the thrust circuitry out on the API 2500, which leaves it in normal mode to where it's this, it's not looking at any... It's looking at a full range signal coming in. And I'll use that for one last layer of clamping down on the low end. You know, and there's a a fine line in there doing it because if you're not careful, it'll start pumping with that low end. And I found that that out the hard way years ago uh, when I first got into VCA type, you know, bus compressors. And it's like, oh, this sounds amazing, but everything's pumping to the kick drum. So anyway, that unit, I could go on for a year about it. I love it. I want (laughs) to throw it in there. It's funny, I'll you Pass know, on it sometimes, oh, but well,
0: I know, so I got to say it. No, I totally, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I, you know, I, we've talked about this. I tend to be more the in the box guy, and when I'm talking about plugins, you know, C6 is my desert island plugin. Like, if I could only have one plugin, it would be C6, just because it's so versatile in what it does. But a really close second is the 2500. Like, I nice. couldn't, I couldn't. I don't feel like I could get the same result uh, if I didn't have that as a tool. Um, I use it a lot, like on my, at the very end of my band bus, like right before the master. Yep. Um, I use it there a lot. And for this, all the same reasons that you do uh, with the analog version. Um, but um, awesome, dude. Nice. Five. Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's funny. Five. It's <laughs> just fine. And, you know, we can uh, probably in another video be like, you know, um, maybe not your, you know, five things that you couldn't live without. But what are
1: some five of your favorite things? That's kind of a different question, right? That um, sounds fine because that would be like, <clears throat> oh, man, I'll never forget when I used blank. Yes. Which I might not use anymore. But right, what right, a game right, changer right, that was. Right. I've totally. got, I have more of those than I do. What I use today? Okay. So I'm sure well, you do, too
0: we'll we'll definitely get to that at some point um you know it's funny as you're talking and i'm agreeing with you 100 percent, like all of those things are in my you know top five um the the digital console for sure um you know um but i think for me one of those things like i would trade one of your things um if I could only have five, see, that's the problem. If I could only have five, uh, I know, yeah. but um, man, I
1: left out smart, I left out all kinds. Of I know, see, like, cool
0: microphones.
1: I didn't name a single microphone, it's hard. I know, it's hard. Um, so what would you do? What's what, what do you like? Oh, I want to squeeze it in there somehow. Uh, there's something on the tip of your brain right now, outboard reverbs. So, oh, oh um, god, that's a good one. I Just really
0: i really feel like yeah i really feel like um uh no offense to plug-in manufacturers but nobody's really made a great sounding reverb it's starting to be like you know the universal audio stuff the uh model of the 480 and the model of the 6000 is pretty close i mean it's pretty good Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm and uh from waves the the h verb um is pretty amazing and some of the the presets that the guys have made um are great and i will be the first to tell you that i use those um only because you know there. are oftentimes when i have 120 inputs there is a need for having seven reverbs you know what i mean mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, So I I do use plug-in reverbs, don't get me wrong. Um, But there is just something about a Bercasti M7 or, you know, it just has a thing. And I think it's purely because its whole job is DSP um to make itself you know that's all it does is make reverb um right so percast m7 or the real i still love the analog version the real version of a 480 not the plug-in version i think right the, the real version of a 40 and i know it's four spaces and it says lark and it's a fucking pain in the ass and whatever but something about it just sounds really good um yeah the TC six thousand series, same thing. It's huge, but it's it's amazing sounding. Um, yep. I just feel like uh, those kind of units are still a little bit necessary. They're like one of my five, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't think of what else. I think uh, you know. I think we've covered a, a bunch of bunch of stuff, you know. Um, I don't know. That was the only thing that I went as you were talking. I was like, "Yep, definitely, you know that. Definitely not. Definitely not." Um, but I, I came upon the the reverb thing. Uh, and I, think I get that. You
1: know, I get that. Yeah, um, we could revisit this one too. Um, yeah. For, for sure, sure. there's a million things
0: <laughs> anyway uh i hope you guys got a bunch out of this one i had a lot of fun hearing chris's five and agreeing with him on a bunch of stuff and um so um have fun um stay inside wash your hands and uh <laughs> we'll see you real soon